Hey there, it's Ben. This is a topic that came up on account of it comes up on people's tables a lot. And I've seen this in the Twitter sphere, the Facebook groups I'm in, those different things. And it was something that Risa had seen as well. Of course, we're going to find topics like that. But if you want to get us to talk about things, you can by sending us ideas on Twitter through our email that you hear at the end of the show and yeah, pretty much those. I'm also wanting to give a shout out to our latest Patreon backer, Liam Winning. And you can be like them at patreon.com slash the Heidian way. Thank you. And now on to the show. As I see it, we've got to get past these Imperials with the Bogwing. Now they know the profile of this modified Corvette, to the point where they're going to shoot us on sight. I don't see how we can get through this blockade of Mon Calamari without adding to our swath of destruction, Risa. We'll just have to... I don't know. We'll just have to. Anything can be accomplished with a positive attitude, so put on your thinking cap, Ben, because it's time to brainstorm. Welcome to a decisive tale from the Hydean Way, where your hosts, Risa D., and Ben Yendel. This week we were going to talk about something that I've had a couple people ask me about in the last couple of weeks. And that is, what can I do as a player or as a GM when my fellow party members or my players are having trouble working together as a team in character? And I thought this was a really good question. And it seems to be something that a lot of people have been having troubles with recently. So I thought it was a great thing to talk about. So this is when a bunch of people are a party and they, out of character, seemingly want to work together, but in character, they can't find reasons why <sighs> they should get their characters to work together and do the things they do. Or things like, well, my character would not approve of us doing this, so I can't condone it. So I'm going to staunchly say no, even though like they need to do this thing for the story to progress or something like that is kind of how at least one of them has been described to me. Another one was just like the description of everyone is together and they want to work together, but they're like, oh no, like my character would never work with that other person. And it's like a role-playing aspect of it that people are having issues with of trying to get them to work together. So uh, I thought that was a good thing for us to talk about and how as players we can try to work through it and as GMs, we can try to get our players to work through it. I've absolutely run into this several times. <laughs> the most classic time that I can think of is for my Thursday night group, we were running a small rebel cell that was slowly growing. Probably not that slowly. And then we got this one person in who was wanting to be this Edge of the Empire style casino boss. It made no sense, and they kept on trying to steer the story in the direction that they were wanting, and no one else was biting. And mm. I didn't exactly handle it well as a GM. It's sort of my one somewhat regret, but it's also the what story is the group trying to tell? Yeah, I think that is a huge aspect of it is the, like, what does the group want? And as mm -hmm. the GM, I think that's an important thing to ask, and that's why we talk a lot about Session Zero on this podcast. Bingo, bingo. You're going to get a lot of this issue if you guys don't all outline what you want out of the game 
mm-hmm. to begin with. Because if everyone goes into the game with different ideas of what they want out of the story, they're going to have more of a hard time agreeing on where they want to take it. So it means that they might create characters who don't work well together. Like in the classic D&D sense, you might get... <laughs> Uh, you might get a chaotic evil person in the same party with a, a lawful good person and now the lawful good person doesn't want to work with the chaotic evil person, right? Like, in their alignment, they don't want to work with the other person and it doesn't work. So, mm-hmm. a session zero would have helped eliminate that, right? Yeah, by a long shot. That's that's one of the best things to do to, like, stop this before it starts mm. is to get that session zero in there. Because if you guys all start out on the same foot, you guys can create a cohesive party to begin with. That can help everyone start out with, we're all going to be rebels. We're all going to be working for this whole thing. And maybe if you want to have someone in there who's a casino person (laughs) in their past life, and now they're working with, you know, they've been led to the rebels and stuff, and it works better in the story, that Session Zero could help that. Session Zero is... From a GM perspective, it's the one big do this. It helps smooth out expectations so much that even if you're going to have some, to use Star Wars, even if you're going to have a a player group that is half rebels, half imperials, and they're marooned on an asteroid mining base that they have to get together and somehow escape it, where half of the group is fighting the other half and eventually they might have to go full enemy mine. But if everyone knows that at the start, you as a GM can plan for it, the players know and they aren't feeling as betrayed. If you're going into it knowing that this stuff is going to happen, it's... Less frustrating. Yeah, exactly. You don't feel like your time's wasted. Because that's the thing is, in-character squabbles are still squabbles. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And they're stopping you from getting to the fun. Yes. That's at least how I see it. As a player, I don't like fighting in character. I'm not I'm not a fan. I don't like fighting in general. I'm someone who doesn't like like conflict. So if I'm role playing, I'm still going to avoid conflict because I'm that kind of person. <laughs> I tend to just kind of roll with things. I know that a lot of the people who are role playing don't really want to be doing that either and it can get frustrating and tempers can start rising and people are fighting out of character and then you know it's just not like super fun if it's coming out of well i'm wanting to play this way and they're wanting to play that way is this the only game that we're going to actually be playing with or is there one in two weeks or is it one next week yeah the one time where i don't really have a session zero was with a convention game And in those ones, I bypass the whole, well, my characters wouldn't be around here for this by giving the main quest, the main reason for them doing something in the initial introduction. Yeah. If you've got like the pair of rebels, the flighty pilot, the gun nut, and this overly prim doctor, something happens where they're all trapped in a particular situation with weird cannibals happening. (laughs) They're going to have to figure out some way of getting this to work. Yeah. Or they're all not going to survive, in which case everyone gets eaten and the GM wins. Yeah. I mean, there's that. That, That's a way. (laughs) I do think that as a GM, ways you can deal with it are, you know, if you guys don't work together, you're going to face consequences of your actions of not working together. 
right? That's a very right. that's a very real thing to do. If your players are refusing to work together, then make it so that there's consequences for that. Make it so that it's way harder for them not to work together. You can do that. You can make it in game that it is imperative that they work together because they can't do it alone. <laughs> all I think about are like all of those video game things where it's like everyone has to stand on a push button to make everything work, but you have to have all four people doing it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's kind of where my mind went. But then also taking into account, okay, newer Lego Star Wars games or newer Legos games where you've got one character doing their special thing of like mm -hmm. raising something up with a force and the other person is quickly building something that normally would be hidden or something like that. Yeah. Without the two people using their own skill sets, this one thing can't be done. Exactly. And that's an important thing for you as the GM to, to do is to set that kind of thing up. Right? Especially if they're having trouble working together, you can teach them the value of teamwork through <laughs> terrible traps and deadly spikes. Like, go full D&D &D on them. Absolutely. Like, freely. You can. There's no reason not to. And now, for some bizarre reason, I am thinking of an episode of Rebels. <laughs> the one where Zeb and Kallus get trapped on an ice moon. Where, oh, yeah. Of Geonosis, where there's a giant snake bug thing i don't remember the bad thing that was there trying to eat them and they both of them were injured and having to climb up if the two yeah. of them don't work together they both die and they never get found if they work together hey look and with that you get callous on yavin four yeah. in the long term like it, yes exactly like what you're saying Risa. force them to work together out of necessity and that's one way to deal with it that's yeah. the if you don't want to talk to them way. Because there is always <laughs> the talk to them way. Yeah. I was having this issue. I, I was with one of my players in my urban fantasy group. And she was having a lot of trouble with her character was not wanting to do things because how she had written her character, right? How she'd created her character would not have been okay with the premise of what we were doing. She would not have been okay with it. She would have wanted to go to the police and none of this was okay, right? And it meant that she did not want to take part in what everyone else was doing. Thankfully, my players are usually are very tuned into knowing that the rest of the group is being affected by their decisions. So she knew that this was affecting every, the rest of the group, what she was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to talk to her about it. She then said, I can change this. I'm the creator of this character. I can change how she is, right? Because that's the thing, is that as players, we create these characters and we like to think, well, my character would never do that. The thing is, is that you created your character like that, right? You can create your character in a different way. It's not set in stone how you created your character, right? So if your character would never, ever, ever do something, but that something is what needs to happen to get the story going, Either come up with another way to get the story going or change your character. There's a reason why, not just in session zero, which is something that even if you do come up with a bunch of character concepts that are opposed to each other, or as you're playing a character, you're still defining that character. The characters are never set in stone. Yeah. They're evolving and growing. And 
oh, this is something that my character really doesn't want to do, but in this instance, they will. Yeah. The players being the author of their own characters, like, that's the entire reason why the players are there. Yeah. To be part of telling this story. And if this is the story that is getting told, well, why are they... If it's entirely at a character level, that's one thing. And it's at that point where the players need to figure out a way. And as a GM, we try and help them. The other end of it is, is like, is saying, well, this here is not okay. Yeah. If you're using something along the lines of uh, the X card. Yeah. That sort of mechanisms within your game. I'm looking at this as two very separate things. Like one is at a character level and the other one is at a much more personal, I don't want to deal with this kind of thing. Because that's a definite, that's a definite reason to not want to do something. If it's affecting mm-hmm. you on a personal level or anything like that, anytime when you would use the X card, you use it, definitely. But if it's like on a character level, unless you've created the character in such a way that it, it has started to affect you, then just use the X card. If it's that, if something about your character has, you're that attached to it, and that is completely fair, especially since so many of us put parts of ourselves in our characters. I know I do. I absolutely do. So if there's something that's going to happen, like if your GM is bringing up part of your character's backstory, or if your GM is bringing up something that would just affect your character in such a way that you don't want to have to put your character through, or that you don't want to have to RP for your character, and that it would upset you to do that to your character, then use the X card. Do it. If it's at the character level, the characters have to work it out. If it's at the personal level, well, the play, the play group has to work it out. Yeah. If there's a, we're all getting together and we're setting down to play this game and we don't really have any issues as a play group with what we're doing, it's that, oh, my character wouldn't do this. Yeah. Then the players digging in their heels as, well, my character isn't doing this. Well, this is when things along the lines of, intra-party checks start happening. Yeah. That's another way of dealing with it is the intra-party checks of the opposed ones. Oh, this person here is trying to charm that one, or we are trying to deceive, and this character is going on, but everyone else is like, we have sort of sidestepped the impasse. I use competitive checks, and I've talked about that before instead of opposed checks for intraparty stuff, because I don't like one person rolling against another person and having like all the power in that role. That's a better way of doing it. Yes, absolutely. So I'll have someone roll like a simple charm versus the other person is rolling a simple cool. And whoever gets the most success wins the check. Yeah, absolutely. Because that means both people are rolling. So both people feel in control of the check. And it means both people get the the fun of rolling because everyone likes to roll dice. We do that when it comes to a point of, because we we have in-house rules now, of is there anything else I can actually say now to change your mind on what your character is going to do? And if that is a no, then we roll dice. And I think that has helped us a lot because we started doing that when... It's specifically with a couple of characters that we have who are like definitely in that urban fantasy game. <laughs> mm-hmm. A couple of those characters don't mix super well, but they still really all enjoy playing those characters. So 
I'm not going to be like, maybe we shouldn't play those characters. So instead, we do a lot of <laughs> competitive checks. And it works really well, because what happens is then people are coming to the table and they will say they're like, they will like debate each other and then they'll stop at a point and go, okay, can we roll? And I'll be like, yes, let's roll. <laughs> it sounds like you are using this against her character. It sounds like you are trying to coerce her. So let's do that. It sounds like you're trying to charm her. So let's do that. So I'm still in control of what they're rolling as the GM because I'm interpreting how they're saying the things they're saying. Because otherwise, they'd just be like, well, I have a really high willpower, so I'd like to, you know. Yeah, but you're you're trying to charm her. Yeah. Don't lie. Absolutely. Okay, that's the thing, is that it's also a relatively mature way of handling most decision-making in a actual otherwise environment. Oh, look, we're discussing things. We're actually trying to work through it. And then if it's a social thing one thing will happen or both sides will just walk away from it. Essentially, a check happens with the possibility of both failing. The results of that is what happens. Yeah. Or if it's at work, you have a boss that settles the argument. It's me. I'm the boss. <laughs> exactly. It ends up working. I like this situation that we have going to an extent. Um, I don't like it being the first thing we use. My first course of action, though, and this is what I, I really recommend as the GM to take, is if someone is saying, no, my character wouldn't do that, then my first thing to ask that that player is, then can you come up with another solution to the problem? And that gets some really cool ideas bouncing around sometimes. Because sometimes it stops the whole party and it gets them all to think about the situation creatively. We have some interesting things where... It'll be like, we found something, we found evidence of some sort, I think it was, and my, the, the player didn't want to move the evidence, or didn't want to touch the evidence, because she wanted to call the police, right? Mm -hmm. But everyone else wanted to examine it all themselves. I think at one point we opposed to her, so what do you want to do instead? So what we ended up doing was using magic to examine things and place them right back where they were, or something like that. She used a creative way to do it so that at least by the time they did call the police, they were out of there and had already examined everything. She was able to do what she needed, as well as acquiescing and letting everyone else do what they needed to do as well. But we did it in a creative way that didn't compromise everything. That's a really good first step. In some ways, that is starting to become my go-to anytime I'm stumped of, okay, so what do you think? And putting it... Not so much just foisting it on the player, but getting their <laughs> input into what the situation is. You have these players at the table who have their own points of view. That in this particular case, they're saying that from my point of view, this doesn't work. Yeah. One other variation of this is what you as a GM have presented and what you as a player have heard. What you as a GM, because you've got an idea of what's in behind the scenes, what is actually there. You know that like half of the stuff that the players are seeing are effectively cardboard cutouts and they only really have like four minions to deal with instead of the players being worried that they have 40 minions to deal with. Yeah. I can't think of anything that I recently just went through with that. <laughs> it worked well, but the GM was just no. And I was the GM as like, I just, they were looking at one thing and I just had no idea. It could be that some players 
I getting where the GM's coming from and understand that it's really just a let's get in the door kind of a check versus the some players not quite understanding what this particular scene is and they're thinking something vastly different is happening. Yeah. That's another great reason to check in with the players of, okay, well, what do you, like, you're not wanting to do this. What do you propose instead? Yeah, definitely. It allows the player group to fully understand what everyone's seeing there. And maybe there's a point of view that that player is seeing that no one else is accounting for. And it's the same as you as a GM. You may not see everything that the players are seeing. The players may assume that the alarms haven't gone off and nothing has been prepared, even though the GM has been heavily hinting that, wow, didn't you let a a bunch of people go a few sessions ago that would probably have reported in that people are coming gunning for this group? (laughs) If one player does get the hint and then everyone else doesn't, that also can lead to, like, it's perspectives. Yeah. And getting the different perspectives to actually talk and work out something. Because if they start talking, whatever com- whatever they come up with, even if they start using the original idea, it's going to be buttressed by the dissenter's point of view. That the weak points are no longer as glaring. That was a nice insert of the word buttressed. <laughs> I guess. I like, I, I, I enjoy a good architectural, like, it was very... Visual, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. I apologize. Definitely. Also, because sometimes players, you'll be like, so what do you want to do, right? And then they'll start describing something and you'll realize they have not been listening or they have no clue what the actual situation is. And sometimes that helps because you can be like, oh, no, this is a completely, a vastly different situation than you think it is right now. And you can use that to correct them. That too. Like, there is absolutely that. As well. I've had that happen, where I thought I've been very clear in how I'm describing what's going on. But I use theater of the mind so much that, (laughs) to me, I'm like, yes, this is what is inside my brain. And so I say it in words that make sense to me. And then I basically am like, okay, repeat it back to me, right? Kind of a thing. Yeah. And they try to describe what they think is going on back to me. And I realize that our signals have gotten way crossed and that they think what's going on is very different than what's actually going on. That kind of communication can help as well in being like, oh, okay, that's why you really don't want to do this because you think that this is a very different situation than it really is. And then I can help clear that up. That helps. Checking in with your players helps a lot. Really does. Even as a player and you and another player have seemingly very different points of view as to well, which way should this go asking that like trying to get on the same level of well why are we wanting to do this what is our next step well okay the adventure says we need to get in this big door how do we want to do that do we want to just like run up to it and have the tech try and break in do we want to try and do a hand and chewy kind of thing is there a better way of describing that <laughs> like false prisoner but and enjoy it just sort of like yeah. there or are we wanting to get the like three keys of detonite that we've been lugging around for the last while and just use that you're never going to get everyone completely on board uh, with a any particular plan checking in if especially if you aren't quite grasping what the plot is <laughs> as a gm sometimes I will let player discussions go on a little too long and I have mildly tuned out. It's like, okay, so what is the plan now? 
So what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, why do we have a puffer pig? <laughs> exactly. It's that kind of, wait, so where are you getting the loft cat? Like that kind of situation. And what are we using as the lobster food? <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, so just sort of going through for my own memory, we've got asking the player, what are they seeing? What would their solution to the problem be? Making sure that everyone's trying to solve the same problem yeah. as well, because that can happen. Yeah, that's very true. We can all be fighting about something and everyone realizes at the end that we're fighting about two different things. Yeah. Oh, no, if we do this and that's successful, then this is going to be the result. And I don't want the result to happen as opposed to the actual action's okay, but it's the result and something that is not guaranteed to happen. Yeah. But we can work to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, ask for alternate solutions. Discuss what alternate solutions are. If there's still an impasse, do a competitive role as interpreted by the GM for which skills to roll irrespective of what character sheets say is their best <laughs> skill. Yes. And have a giant lobster attack. Yeah. Wait, no, no, not that <laughs> one. <laughs> if all else fails, Jim, just make a giant lobster attack. I mean, that kind of is what we said. I mean, to be fair, we said consequences. Well. We did say consequences. <laughs> we did say consequences. Like, have a squad of stormtroopers show up. Yeah. Also shorten the timeline on this. Definitely. If people are having like a fight and it's going on too long, then suddenly flip a destiny point and what is being debated is now on a much shorter timeline. Everyone was debating whether or not how they were going to break in to this door. Someone was going to hack in or slice, right? Or someone was going to try and actually just break it, right? Everyone was just having so much time debating which way it was going to go. I'm tired of it. I'm going to flip a point, And now, oh boy, the guard has come by on their, <laughs> on their rounds and they find you. Thus opening the door and now putting a guard in your way. So, you know, I have now taken that choice out of your hands. So now you don't have to anything to fight over anymore. However, there are consequences over you guys not working together. Okay, so yeah, definitely the metaphorical lobster, which really is just sort of, as you're <laughs> saying, yes, I'm trying to save the metaphor. It isn't working. It's boiling. <laughs> Shorten the timeline, make it so that maybe the choices are relevant. From a personnel management, that's, that's sort of the responsible ways of doing it as a GM. Yeah. I mean, the lobster, less responsible, but still responsible. They were given choices. Hey, if... They're not paying attention and a lobster is able to sneak up on them. Then it was their own fault, you know, to be fair. And I feel like that's like the really good way to deal with it as the GM. And if it starts becoming too much of a problem, I like I tell you guys all the time, communication is key. And that's what I told the person who I was talking to about this yesterday. If this becomes too much of a problem, you need to talk about this to people out of game and just be like, hey, guys, we need to chat. This is becoming something that's not that's making my game less fun. Uh, it's affecting my time at the table, and I don't know about you guys, but I'd like this to be something that happens less. That is a great start to it. There's no other way of putting it. Having that discussion afterwards or during, if it has absolutely stopped, how can we as a player group get around yeah. this and overcome this issue as opposed to just it being a character issue? Exactly. 
make it about we as people, as like players, as friends. We have control over what's going on right now. If it's affecting how you're enjoying your game, if it's starting to frustrate you that your players are never working together, or if you're a player and your fellow party members are never working together and it feels frustrating to you, then sometimes you do just have to bring it up to people instead of working it out in-game. Because working it out in-game can be a lot harder, especially if you're a player instead of the GM. You might just have to bring it up to them. And that's less fun, I have to say, than bringing a, a lobster into it. Because talking to other people can be scary, especially mm -hmm. if you're trying to stand up for your own enjoyment of something. As long as you're not blaming other people or pointing fingers at other people, as long as you bring it up as a, this is something that's been frustrating me. This is this something we can all work on together, right? That's a really good way of framing it. Because no one wants to point fingers or blame anyone else for anything. We want to just work it all together. Even if it does feel like it's one person who is the problem. As the GM, you can maybe talk to that one person who's the problem, but still bring it up as like a, let's work on this together. <laughs> and in that sort of framing, it becomes, you can do a sort of general conversation and then yeah. have a separate discussion with exactly. a person who is the focus of the generalization. So that way everyone can see it. People being people, they're either going to completely ignore it or think that you're talking about them if you do something generic that will hopefully get a discussion going without having to specifically talk to someone. But then still talking to someone allows for the refinement and making sure that someone actually understood that you were talking to them as well. And just reaching out to someone and being like, I just wanted to touch base with you and see if you have any ideas on how things would be more fun for you. It's possible that things are less fun for them as well, and maybe they have ideas. Everything could be more fun for everyone if you all if you all talk. Another extension of this is if it's become a session stopper, if it's gotten to that extent, having a new session whatever, like having a session zero again, that is very much allowed. It's actually encouraged, at least by me. I'm I don't want to talk for you. Me too. <laughs> if it's become that big of an issue, it's something that has to get dealt with. Otherwise, it's going to fester and then bad things will happen. And no one wants that. No, because then that just sort of leads to table flipping and people going away. I thought you were going to go into like that leads to fear and fear leads to... See, I, I was really just hoping. <laughs> Sorry. But no. And no one wants table flipping unless you're on tabletop simulator and you save right beforehand and then you can flip it. And then you can turn back the time and then it's fine. <laughs> that's the only time when you can table flip because there's like a turn back time option and that's nice. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Can't say I've ever actually used it. But don't table flip, friends. Risa, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners regarding overcoming impasses between players and perspective paths forward? Here's our handy system. Take it from us, friends. Yeah, ask them if they have any other ideas. Check in with them. Try to get everyone to basically have their debate to the final. If no one can agree, then it's a competitive check. If that competitive check doesn't end it, then bring in the lobsters. That's my final thought. That's our four step, our four steps to overcoming impasses at the table. Thank you, friends. How about you? <laughs> what can I say? The lobster made an impression. 
maybe on a few characters, but yes, it definitely made an impression. Of which the listeners are wondering, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> the entirety of getting past an impasse of this sort is, it is communication. The four steps are communication, communication, let dice handle it, and then make a choice for them. Like... <laughs> Let the chance cubes decide. (laughs) It kind of is. But in the end, it does come down to, are we going to just stop the game here and never come back to it? Or do we like this game and are wanting to keep playing? And if we want to keep playing, we have to find a way of overcoming this. And that's by playing roles. Is that or we just sort of pull out the blasters and start stunning everyone? Or shooting everyone? (laughs) Like it... Yeah. Hence the lobsters. Really? Yeah. It's discuss it and understand you need to find a way. Being out stubborn may supposedly win the battle, but you will have absolutely lost any sort of long-term playing you may have. That cooperation is what's needed here. That's what the discussion, that's what the talking, that's what the rolling is all about. I still don't understand why we couldn't just blast them, but we did get through with this shipment. All with the help of those semi-trained purgle that seem to take far too great of a joy in transporting ships into hyperspace. See, it just took some creative thinking, and some really lucky guesses as to how to communicate with large space beasts. I told you we could do it. You just need to have some more faith in us, Ben. Join us next week for another gigantic tale from the Hydean Way. We can be found on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me at CookieKit. And I'm at Deuterium Ice. We are all at TheHydeanWay.com, where you can find previous episodes, links to things we talk about in the show, and our live play podcast, Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Drop us a holocom at Tales at TheHydeanWay.com. We're also on Facebook as Tales from the Hydean Way. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Way. Or you can give us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash the Way. 